Hey, yo, what's up, faders? This is Johnny here. Uh, before we start the show, I want to say, hell yes. Thank you very much for all your support. You guys have been fading hard with us, and we've been fading hard with you. Every time you listen to the show, come pie, motherfuckers, because we are fading together. We're getting the groove on, we're getting the fade on, and uh, we're getting the juice on and shit. Asahi Super Dry, I love you. You're my go-to beer. You should sponsor us, Asahi Super Dry, for how many beers I've been... Yep, my liver. <laughs> you should pay for my operation, you motherfuckers. But no, Asahi Super Dry, I love you, and faders, I love you too. We all love you. You guys fucking rock. There is no guy fit in Japan without you faders so right now pie. also on a side note sometimes you guys send us emails and questions and stuff and you know what instead of sending private messages back and forth to you guys which which is cool keep on doing that i love that send us photos of your beers and shit send us photos send us photos and comments and concerns and anything you want that's totally cool but we would love to have you on the show so if you want pull on your iPhone, your your whatever you whatever smartphone you got, pull it out and stuff. Hit record and record yourself, man. Record a question, record a comment, record anything you want, and we will put you on the show. I mean, keep it under two minutes. If it's under two minutes, that's cool. If you got a question about Japan and shit, that's totally cool because we will answer that. So record like a message and then send it to us via email or via Facebook. Facebook is probably better because I check that motherfucking shit all the time, dude. I don't know why. It's like a weird, bizarre addiction. I don't like checking Facebook all the time, but I do it. Actually, I love the Got Fitted Japan page. And you should too. <laughs> Sign up to the Got Fitted Japan page. So yeah, once again, if you got a question, if you got a comment, you got a concern, you want to be on the show, you just want to talk some shit and be on the show, hells yeah, now's your chance. So definitely record something and send it to us. Facebook is the way to do it. And uh, fade on and enjoy the show. And this show is special because one of my, I've got... I've got a handful, actually maybe two handfuls of favorite bands in Japan, local bands and shit. And this interview is with my boy Tom and fucking A, dude. This this episode is about him, about head hunting, hunting heads, and about his band Tristan. Oh man, Tristan is one hell of a show. It's like Guar meets Slayer meets fucking Jesus Christ. Not Jesus Christ, no, no. No, no, no. Well, Guar meets Slayer, let's leave it at that. Plus a little bit of Misfits. Let's throw a little bit of Misfits in there, and that's what that is. Holy shit, enjoy the show, and fade on faders. Peace. What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another episode of Got Faded Japan, and I'm Johnny. And uh, as you find folks know, Got Faded Japan is about two dudes, booze, Japan in the news, and we're very lucky here today to have our good friend, Tommy. What's up, brother? Tom, cheers, cheers. man. Right. Cheers. Thanks for the invitation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm glad that you're here on episode number 285. Wow. 285 episodes, man. It's, it's been a while. Really? How long <laughs> well, have you been doing this? Uh, since 2010, wow. I think. Wow. Yeah, right before the earthquake. Okay. okay. Yeah. Were you here for the earthquake? Yeah, I was here. Uh, I was here. I was uh, teaching English at the time. Really? What were yep. you doing? I mean, um, other than teaching English, but at the, the time of uh, at the of the earthquake. Yeah. Um, I was uh, uh, I was walking outside. Uh, I had to, I worked for a privatized company, and um, I uh, part of our jobs was to do what what was called posting, where we literally had to walk around the neighborhood and put flyers uh, for the school and the, the services and the English lessons and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, and I was walking around, you know, just putting these, these posters in uh, uh, random mailboxes, which I'd have to do like once a week. Yeah. I'd do like maybe around 200 of these flyers a week. And uh, just walking outside and I, I heard the, uh, uh, it, it kind of felt like, like a strong wind coming because the houses started shaking. Yeah. Um, things started creaking. And the next thing I know, you know, the ground's shaking. Um, and I'm just walking around and then, you know, an earthquake happens. And as you know, in Japan, this earthquakes happen all the time. It's a yeah. big deal, you know. Uh, but then it just didn't stop. 
it just kept going and going and going and going. And I'm just like, holy shit, you know, this is, this is a big one. Uh-huh. And the next thing I know, a bunch of like women, cause you know, it's during the daytime, all the men are at work, you know, the women get together, they're like carrying their kids. They start running out of the houses and, you know, and it got to the point that it felt like a, a sea, you know, like on a boat and I couldn't even stand. So I just, uh, kind of got down on my knees and just crawled to the center of an intersection and then I saw these women running out of the houses I'm like come over here come over here and they had their like kids and stuff and um we all just kind of sat in the middle of this intersection while just kind of passing it by and everything shaking around us and we just Jesus. didn't know we didn't know what was happening and uh after about maybe like what felt like an hour but probably was more like seven minutes we uh you know it just finished and you know after it was done we were all kind of so shell-shocked that we didn't the whole group didn't say like one word to each other. Uh-huh. It was just over, and then we were just like, "Okay, so that was an earthquake." Bye. And then we all just kind of scattered in our separate directions, and that was it. It was a really weird experience. Jesus, man, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. Mm. It wasn't until we got back home later that day we heard about the tsunami and the Fukushima thing going on, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty uh, pretty intense. Pretty intense, yeah, yeah, dude. I was here. I've told the story a couple of times, and okay. yeah, that was pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, yeah, we've been doing the podcast for a long time. That's right. Since the <laughs> earthquake, let's start. Let's start out with earthquake and go from there. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Start off big and then get bigger. I guess I don't <laughs> I know, know how right? to get bigger than an earthquake. <laughs> okay, so all right, so you've been here for about seven years. Seven years now, yeah. Oh, cool. And you yeah. start off teaching English, I did. and then you switch. Now you're doing. I'm doing head hunting. Head hunting I'm a recruiter. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. So tell me about head hunting, man. Like, I mean, how does somebody get involved in head hunting? Like, oh, I feel like man. you need a degree, you need experience. You would think. I mean, like in Japan, for foreigners, I mean, we don't really have a lot of options for jobs. You know, uh-huh. it's either teaching English or if you have like your own business or things like that. But mm-hmm. a lot of things that people do. Um, it's headhunting and it's kind of a difficult industry. Well, it's not that difficult to get into, but to survive and maintain, you know, um, your work and, and be successful in it. It takes a lot of dedication, a lot of work. It's got a very, very high turnover. People uh, do it for about three months. They're like, fuck it. It's not for me. And they quit. Um, you know, the first company that I worked at, um, I barely, I barely, barely, barely got hired. Um, and I sit down, I sit down at my desk. What we do is, uh, you know, people want to change their jobs. Uh-huh. Uh, companies come to us and they say, Hey, look, we want to hire this kind of person. Like, let's say a managing director or mm-hmm. a sales guy or mm-hmm. a research and engineer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and they pay us to go out and find that person, pitch the company to that candidate, mm-hmm. get the candidate to go to the interview and then just kind of push the candidate to, to join that company. And if they join the company, then they pay us the money and that's how we make most of our, uh, Salary. So our base salaries are really, really low, but the incentive is very, very high. So it's kind of like being like a used car salesman. Mm. Like you don't get paid until the company gets paid. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, I mean, you you, you, you make your base salary, which with the company I work for is, is very, very decent. However, the first company I worked at, it was, it was next to nothing in terms of base salary. So, you know, you really, really got to work a lot of hours. You got to spend a lot of time finding these people, going on LinkedIn, networking, uh, cold calling. We did what's called name collecting, which is uh, not illegal, but it's 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 kind of right there. Um, uh-huh. What that is, is let's say, let's say a company's looking for, uh, um, I don't know, a sales guy. Yeah. A sales guy. And uh, you don't know any sales guys. You go on LinkedIn, there's no sales guys on there that are good for it. What you would do is you would literally call a company using a fake name. Mm-hmm. Just be like, oh, yeah, um, hi, this is John calling from, I don't know, GE, or make it make up a, a company name. And um, you say, yeah, listen, I was, I was talking with one of the guys in your company there um, maybe about a week ago. Um, and he was going to introduce your products to me. And, you know, I was really interested in buying, um, you know, uh, your whatever it is the company sells. However, I lost his contact. I lost his major, his business card. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember the guy's name. And you, you speak in English or Japanese? I speak in English. Uh-huh. Because yeah, as soon as you switch to Japanese, you're never going to win a conversation in Japanese with the Japanese person. You got to so I, I, I keep it in English, right? And they say, well, who did you talk to? Who did you talk to? I'm like, I don't know. I can't remember the guy's name. I mm-hmm. wanted to buy the product mm-hmm. that you guys are selling, but I can't remember who I talked to. And they're like, well, was it Sato-san? And I'd say, no, it wasn't him. And then I'd write down on a piece of paper, Sato. Mm-hmm. Like, was it Takahashi-san? It's like, uh, no, no, it wasn't him. And then you write down Takahashi, right? And you collect all the names of the people that work there in the office, right? Then you wait a week. And then you call back and you say, hi, yeah. Um, then you use your real name. This is, this is you know, I'm um, calling to... Um, it, to Sato-san, is Sato-san there? And then mm-hmm. they transfer to Sato and say, Hi, Sato, you're highly recommended for a sales position that I was asked to get in contact with you for. 
and then you introduce the company to that person at at their actual job you get them to come in and meet with you then pitch the company again encourage them to go to the interview and then that's what we call a placement we place them in that company wow so that's called name collecting and it's a lot of work is it effective like how effective is it in comparison i mean like that's a really 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 old-fashioned style so the company that i worked um uh, first worked at we did that a lot the company i work for now we don't do that at all because uh-huh. we i work for a very big a company we've got a huge database of candidates and we had a very good brand name so we don't really need to do it you know uh-huh. what i mean people apply to us uh-huh. to change their jobs so um in terms of effectiveness it's not that effective but uh-huh. it's all that we could do mm. at the time because we didn't have a database of mm-hmm. candidates we didn't have people to call you know these companies say okay we'll pay you only if you can find someone for us and that's the only thing that we could do what kind of companies are you involved with like I, it or i do mostly industrial these are like engineers construction manufacturing power generation you know things like that Wow. Yeah. Awesome. All right, mm. cool. And how long have you been in, involved in this? I've been headhunting for three and a half, four years now. So what is the turnover rate? You said like what, three oh, months, six months? People, well, the, the the average burnout rate for a successful recruiter is about five years. That's on average. But um, people at my old company would leave every day. Like it was it was ridiculous. A guy, a guy would be there one day, he'd be gone the next. Really? Oh, yeah. We uh, we used to keep, uh, well, I didn't, a coworker <laughs> used to keep literally pictures on the wall of, of, of headshots of these people, and then people would guess who would be the, first, the next person to, to either get fired or leave, and then we would take them down accordingly as people from the team would leave, because it's so frustrating, it takes a lot of work, and it's a very high-pressure, high-stress level job. How do you get fired? How do you get fired? Um, a, you don't bring in enough people to mm-hmm. kind of you know show that you're working. B, you don't generate revenue for the company. It means you're not making placements. Um, C, if you're ever caught interviewing with another company, they'll fire you right away. You just come to work. Your 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 computer will be gone. You know we've had people walk into the office and you know they show up for work and just all their all their shit's gone and there's like God damn it. <laughs> okay, see you guys and then they're out. You know so there there are many different things you could do. Um, I'd say the number one is low performance. Low performance. Low performance. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the reason why most people get fired right, in most right, com- right, companies. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not flipping enough burgers. I know, on. No, right, right. <laughs> Flip faster. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. You know, technically to fire somebody, you got to give them, you know, by labor law, three warning letters, and then you know, so you have it documented, and then you know, let them go. But not in this industry. It's so competitive. You know, mm. it's just either you have a job or you don't work until you can't do it anymore. If you want to leave, leave. That's fine. Well, there's so many people who want to be headhunters, and there's so many people that just don't want to be headhunters. Exactly. So it's just there's just a rotating a rotating door, right? Exactly. A revolving exactly. door. Is that what revolving door. Revolving door. Yeah. 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 Rotating door. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's fun. Um, uh-huh. f- fortunately, I work for a, a much better firm now. Um, I kind of proved myself at my previous firm, and I moved to my firm now. So the turnover rate's very low. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a much kind of higher level company, so, you know, we don't have to... Um, it's much, yeah, much lower turnover, much higher success rates. You, like said, that, so. you said that the burnout rate is five years. For any recruiter. That's usually, for- when, that's usually when people say, okay, I need a break. Why? Like, I mean, why is it five years? Why not like one year? Because I would think like one year of doing something like, if if you're in like the shit for like one year, you're just like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. You know? But five years. I don't know, man. I mean, people who do headhunting or recruiter or any sales job in general mm-hmm. have to have thick skin. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't let the small things get to you. You can't let your failures get to you. Mm-hmm. 95% of the time you're failing. You know, you don't make the placement. The person doesn't want to come meet you. The person doesn't accept the job offer that you get. And 5% of the time, you're successful. Really? But when you're successful, it's a huge payout. And, you know, the reward that you get makes you feel so good that it kind of makes up for that other 95%. Oh, really? Yeah. What would be an example of, like, a huge payout? A huge payout in terms of money? Yeah, sure. Or, well, okay. or whatever. I'll, I'll just tell you how, uh, on, how it works. So on average, when you place a candidate in the company, just industry-wide, that company will pay your company... Or thirty-five percent of that person's salary, annual salary, industry-wide annual salary. Wow! And then the depending on what company you work for, that person will get a certain percentage of that thirty-five percent, depending on the company. Okay, so let's just say, um, for example, uh, somebody makes a hundred thousand dollars a year, mm. and let's say you place that guy, mm. your company gets thirty-five thirty-five thousand mm. dollars. 
right? Yep. And then out of that $35,000, if you made that placement, mm-hmm. how much would you get? It depends, again, on what company you work for, and it depends on what percentage you're assigned to the company. Uh, so there are some people who get 50% of that. Really? There's some people who get 10 there's some people get five. There's some people get 75. It depends on the company you work for and how successful you are. So it really, really varies. Oh, wow. That's yeah. pretty wild. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Crazy. That's, that's headhunting in general. How did you get involved in this? Like, why did you say, like, I mean, you're doing English teaching and stuff. I'm sure, like, most people that come to Japan, they, they come here and they do, they teach English, right? right, right. It's easy. All you got to do is talk, you know. I mean, um, I wouldn't say easy, but, I mean, you just talk, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Working in headhunting, it seems like a completely different part of the brain to actually, use, you know? It's, it's funny. I actually got into it because of music. Because of music? Because of music, yeah. I was, I was teaching Do English. Do tell. Yeah, I was, I was uh, teaching English at the time. Mm. Um, and I was looking for a new job. I taught English for four years, and I was just like, okay, you know, I'm not really get, get, getting anywhere with this. It's fun. I enjoyed it. I loved it a lot. But I got to find a new job. So yeah. I put my resume on the internet. I get contacted by a headhunting firm. They want you to come in. I um, wanted me to come in and, and do an interview. So I came in, I did an interview, like whatever. I didn't know anything about it. I thought it was just, yeah, help people find jobs. How hard can that be, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I passed the first interview and I waited about a week. I didn't hear anything back. And they said, okay, why don't you come in for a second interview? And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, come back. I meet with some other people. They're like, okay, we'll call you. And then I come back again for a third interview. And it went, I think it was either four or five interviews. And on my last interview, I sit down with uh, the, uh, my boss, or who is my boss um, now, um, and he's, and I'm sitting in the interview and he's just like, Hey, listen, you know, we're, we're, we're really on the fence with you. We don't really know if you have what it takes to be a, you know, a recruiter, a headhunter. We don't yeah. know if you're aggressive enough. We don't know, you know, um, if you'll be successful. Um, so we're really kind of 50, 50 yeah. right now. And yeah. I'm like, okay, fair enough. And you know, we go through that and I was pretty much getting rejected, you know, mm. Then we started the casual conversation, and then my boss was like, uh, uh, so where are you going after this? I'm like, I'm actually going to band practice. And he's like, oh, you play music? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. He's like, oh, really? So do I. And I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, I'm a lead singer. I'm like, no way. No. Like, I'm like, actually, and in my briefcase that I had, I was carrying a loop pedal, uh-huh. like a guitar pedal. Uh-huh. Because I was hoping nobody looked at my bag because I'm carrying it to an interview, right? Because I had to go straight to practice. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to check this out. And I pull out the loop pedal. And I put it on the interview table. He's like, what's that? And I'm like, well, it's a loop pedal. You know, you could play guitar and play like a riff and then kind of loop it and play over it and things like that. He's like, no way. That's amazing. He's like, wait right here. Wait right here. And he leaves the room and he comes back and then one of the guys from his band comes in, sits down. He's like, what's this? And he's like, it's a loop pedal. And then like these people who are all into music just start rotating in the room, just interviewing me about music, what kind of music I listen to, what kind of instruments I can play and things like that. Turns out they're all in a band and they needed a guitarist. Get out of here. And then I got the job. They're like, we got to get this guy. <laughs> and then I got the job. When I want to save money and drink better beer, I go down to Mitsuya Liquors in Tokyo, Minami Asagaya. Why? They got over 300 types of beer from across the world and from around Japan. They got IPAs, Pale Ales, Pilsners. It's a beautiful thing. And if you want something else, they got it. They got a fine selection of Napa Valley wines, Japanese sake, and shochu. And you can take all those puppies into the back and drink them there, which means that you're saving money by drinking at liquor store prices in a social environment. So fade on and save. Mitsuya Liquors in Minami Asagaya. Yo, what's up, Faders? Got Faded Japan has got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Gamuso Bar, located in Asagaya, Tokyo. If you're kicking it in Tokyo and you want to get your groove on, get your fade on, you better get your ass down to Gamuso. Gamuso is located in Asagaya. It's about 11 minutes from Shinjuku Station on the Chuo Line. Gamuso has weekly bands, weekly performances. And hell, if you got your own event and you want to hold it at Gamuso, we'd love to host you. So contact Gamuso at www.gamuso.com That's www.gamuso.com That's right, Gamuso has not only beers in the bottle, but beers on tap. We've got every drink you want, so come on down to Gamuso. Gamuso, and if I'm working, tip me. Hey, yo, what's up, faders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. 
Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks, but if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. How long have you been playing guitar? I've been playing since I was maybe about 13. 13, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. when most people start. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, when you first started, what were you playing? Of course, like rock and roll, right? Uh, yeah, rock rock songs. Everybody starts with like Nirvana and all those, yeah. all those old easy to play songs. Yeah. Oh man, that's insane, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, dude. I fucking love Nirvana. Yeah. My biggest regret in life was mm. Nirvana came Nirvana came to town and stuff. Actually, Nirvana mm. came, the Beastie Boys came, Primus came. Yep. And and I dude, I was working. Like I used to work at oh, Wendy's really? at night uh, after school, and then on mm. the weekend I worked at this 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 uh, sports bars like mm. a dish sure. Oh, and God. fucking I missed every freaking show, uh, right? And now now I'm like thinking back, I'm like Holy shit, dude. I really fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So all you little faders out there, all you guys in high school and shit, you know, if a band comes to town and you're interested in that, yeah, go to it. Fucking cut work, man. You got to. Call in sick, dude. I know, right? I mean, just, you look back in your life, you look at bands that don't play anymore. You know oh. what I mean? That were playing when you were young. You're like, what were, what were you doing? I was working at McDonald's. What the fuck was I doing working at McDonald's? Oh, my band's in town, you know? <laughs> Quit your job. Go to the show, man. You can get another job at McDonald's any day. <sighs> Can't see bands forever. That is definitely for sure. That is yeah. definitely for sure. Mm. Oh, man. God, dude. So, yeah, man. So, you've been in the band. And, okay. So, you're in one band or two bands? Two bands. Two bands. That's right. Okay. So, one band is? Uh, one band is called Tristaint. Tris- is it Tristaint or Tristaint? Tristaint. Like, taint the area between your, your balls and your asshole. Got it. Yeah. So, oh, wait. How did that name come about? Uh, we just wanted the word taint in, in the band name. And, and then it was paired with one of the members of the band used an online profile called, I think it was, what was it? Tris something. I forgot what it was, but we took Tris and then Tank put it together, Tristan. Good, man. Good. That, yeah. Right. Describe <laughs> your band. Describe your tunes. That one, uh, that band, that band's like a party band. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, that band, you, I mean, we, we spend a lot of time on the music. We play, like, uh, very heavy songs, metal, very fast-paced, kind of mm. funky stuff. But it's something that you don't really go to for uh, the to listen to the music, you go for the show. It's more of like a performance, you know what I mean? We're crazy, we run around stage, we swear a lot, we're very, very offensive, and people love it, you know? Awesome. I mean, so many people come to our shows, just not so much because they listen to that style of music, just they just want to see what we do next, you know what I mean? Some crazy crowd surfing, you know? Cool, like cool. Sounds like a G.G. Allen concert, minus the, uh, the unko. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, you ever listen to Mindless Self-Indulgence? No. You know them at all? Like no. Back in the day. Yeah, that's another band, like when I was in high school, that I would catch every single show that they would come to, because they were, or that when they would come to town, because they were just so offensive. Mm-hmm. And when you're a kid, I mean, you eat that shit up, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, they were just so shocking and offensive, and I loved it, and I always thought when I was a kid, I really wanted to be in a band like that, mm-hmm. you know? And then that, that kind of rub, rubbed off and onto that interesting stuff. So. Awesome, man. That yeah. sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. So, okay, and you guys been around for like, what, one year now? Two years? That, band, that band's been around for... Since you started your company, right? Since I started, <laughs> yeah. So that was maybe four years ago. Three, four, four years three, ago? Yeah. Okay, tell me about some of the shows that you played at. Have you ever played at like a really, really amazing, crazy show, like a really great venue where think... people are crowd surfing and stuff? It was like, like oh, 1996 yeah. or some oh, shit? Oh, yeah. Um, I... W- Oh, man, all of our shows are crazy. It's really hard um, to pick one out. I know you got a black eye, by the way. I, oh yeah, sorry about that. I tried to, to cover it up with some some concealer, but uh, I guess it's not working out. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry, it's right. Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So the craziest show, I think, when was that? Gamuso. You know that place? Uh, yeah, I uh, kind of worked there sometimes. Yeah, kind of worked there, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, I remember I played a show there once where I was. I mean, we get hammered before every show. Mm. Everybody except the lead singer. Everybody mm-hmm. except him just gets just annihilated drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do crazy shit. And I remember I was just I was doing shots of tequila that day, or was it? Yeah, it was. I don't know. I don't know. But um, I go into the crowd and I'm playing, and all of a sudden they lift me up, right? And now I'm crowd surfing. I'm playing the guitar. It's kind of a small stage. You uh-huh. know what I mean? It's kind oh, of small. Yeah. And next thing I know, I'm like upside down, and my feet are on the ceiling, mm-hmm. right? Playing the guitar. Club, well, playing the guitar. And then, we're like with the wave of the crowd, I'm like literally walking on the ceiling upside down while playing at the same time. Could and, like, this be like, called moonwalking? I know, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, 
and that that was just that I I woke up the next day thinking I can't believe I just did that. Wow. You know what I mean? Like that that was a crazy one. Uh, another ones are uh, in Rapongi, which is like the main uh, foreigner hangout in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a, lot of, a lot of bands play there. Um, it's very really popular. Do a lot of crowd surfing and mm-hmm. things like that. Heavy metal stuff. You know. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. That's cool. And all right. So, what do you think? I mean, have you guys played only in Tokyo, or have you guys played in Osaka, or have you guys gone on tour? We've, or anything? We played in Chiba. We played in Chiba. There, we we've talked about getting out there more yeah know, but i mean to be honest i mean the with the band with the with the foreigner music scene uh-huh. it's really localized in tokyo all of the foreign bands play here and um it's not so much like when you're in a band in in tokyo you're not just in your own band you're in the community of people who are in bands yeah like everybody knows each other yeah oh yeah you i know, know. What i mean and it's like when you branch out of that you're you're kind of on your own Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you'll be playing with bands you've never heard of before, bands who are in Osaka, bands who are in Nagoya, or mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and just the feeling, like the love, the love isn't there. So we usually stick around Tokyo area. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, Tokyo is a great place for bands. Yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good venues, a lot of good people go to shows and stuff, mm-hmm. and especially now that it's spring and the weather's a little bit nicer it's and stuff. Be great. People are going out more and stuff. So yeah, yeah that's pretty sweet. It's be great. So, awesome. All right, so that's cool. That's cool. And what, what about the second band that you're playing in? Oh, that band is called Dead Lennons. Dead um, Lennons? I was actually, that was when I for, was first interviewing for that job, uh-huh. was the band that I was going to the practice. Hmm. Um, and that's just a straight hardcore band. Um, that's just a lot of screaming, really, really hardcore stuff. We have a new music video out, which is on YouTube. What? Yeah. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah. Oh, shit. It's All right, really cool. cool. Yeah, it's called, uh, the song is called Corrupt. Corrupt. C-O-R-U-P-T by Dead Lennons, like uh-huh. John Lennon, D-E-A-D-L-E-N-N-O-S. Nice. It's filmed in uh, Germany by a video artist. So oh, really, oh, really oh, cool. oh, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. I know the story you know, now. All right, all right, tell the story, tell the story, tell yeah. the story. Um, apparently, yeah, so the lead singer of that band met this girl, and by met, I don't I don't really know what he meant by that, but he quote, unquote, met With the this internet, girl. anything can I happen. Mean, yeah. So, and apparently she was a, a video artist who, who lived in Berlin and she travels around the world and interviews people just mm-hmm. at, for her own art projects. Cool. Her, and she interviewed him. Um, I can relate. Yeah, I'm sure you can, right? <laughs> right. Uh, she interviewed him about that band and she listened to music and she's like, hey, listen, you know, I'm making this video art in, in Germany. It's a bunch of people working on this project. We have this song that we were using for the video, but it just so happened to be that the music style plus the lyrics that we wrote matched the same theme to that video. So the video wasn't made specifically for the song. Mm-hmm. It just so happened to be that the two projects kind of went together. So mm-hmm. they just shot the video and then edited it to the song and it just all like fit together somehow perfectly. Nice. So it is really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And tell me more about this band. Um, mm-hmm. Like, tell me, what, what's the difference between this band and Tristaint? The difference between this band is that this this band is more serious. More you know serious. What I mean? It's okay. more serious. Like, we, we don't really take on a party tone. It's about the music. It's about the notes. It's about, you know, composition. Cool. It's about, you know what I mean? Um, whereas Tristaint is more like, get fucked up, have a lot of fun, put on a go show, good show, everybody have a good time. Good, good, but good. The other band is it's it's hardcore music, so it's really challenging to listen to. You know, it's not feel good music. Mm-hmm. It's music like when you're angry, you listen mm-hmm. to, or music when you're feeling down and you just want to smash something. You know what I mean? So it's a real niche area and a nice. very very small market of people who listen to that kind of music. But the people who do listen to it love it. All right, yeah. cool man, very so, cool. Yeah, it's more serious, I would say. Awesome. How did you get involved with the second band? Um, that one, how did, I think it was just me and a guy. Um, we, we actually are both from Chicago mm-hmm. and we both, uh, hung out in the same circle of friends in Chicago. Which part of Chicago? I'm like Chicago, Chicago, right in the center. Oh shit. Like Lincoln yeah. Park? Uh, no, we're on the Gold Coast, right, uh, right next to Lake Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right, cool. Right next there. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so, but we all knew the same, but we both knew the same people mm-hmm. growing up, but for some reason we had never met each other. So and somehow he went to Japan and I went to Japan. I still never met him. And then one of our common friend came, uh, friends came to Japan mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, I want to see my other friend. And he introduced me and it turns out we all knew the same people back mm-hmm. in Chicago, mm-hmm. but we never knew each other for some reason. Nice. And then it was like, oh, you play music, I play music. And then boom. Wow, that's awesome. Band, band forms. So, mm-hmm. so that happened. Wow, man. You talk so much, man. I don't even have to talk. <laughs> you want to take over a podcast? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's part of my job, man. Really? Yeah, I gotta talk. Oh, you're doing good at it, man. Okay. 
Uh, I want to talk. All right, so the ba- both the bands are doing good. They're both mm. healthy. They're both kicking mm. ass and stuff. Mm. I mean, I've seen you guys play like quite a few times, thanks. and I love you guys. You oh, guys are great. Thank you. And um, awesome. I, I want to ask you a couple of questions that mm. I just uh, thought about uh, regarding headhunting. Okay. Have you ever tried to recommend somebody that was like too much of a dipshit or a fuck up for a position? Oh my god. Story of my life, man. Story of my life. Like, yeah. all right, all right. Like, for example. Oh man, there are so many horror stories. One time I placed a person who was schizophrenic. Okay, that's bad. And I did not know. Uh-huh. And How did you know he's schizophrenic? Well, after I placed that person, the company called me and said, yeah, this person is two people in one body. And <laughs> that's probably the biggest one. You meet a lot of different types of people. Damn. Yeah, that okay. Was pretty bad. So basically it's a story of Sybil. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that okay. Okay, yeah. so that's a bad one. Okay, yeah. what would be another example? Uh, like, is there any way for, like, somebody to, like, bullshit their way into a company or into a headhunt? It happens. It happens. We, we, we say, like, bullshit can get you, to the, get you to the top, but it can't really keep you there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, yeah, people lie on their resumes. They lie mm-hmm. about their experience sometimes. Not all the time. These are just, like, the, the, the small percentage mm-hmm. of people, you mm-hmm. know? Um, some people lie on their resumes. They lie about how much money they make sometimes, and mm-hmm. then they show up for work, and then they turn in their tax documents, and the company's like, whoa, you told us you made this much, so mm-hmm. we gave you that on par, but you were really making much less than that, and mm-hmm. sorry, we're going to have to let you go. You know what I mean? It's it, Oh, it, wow. It, it happens. It happens. But for the most part, people are, are generally nice and civil and, you know, but, you know, it's it's people. You never know who you're meeting, who's coming in to meet you. You, know, mm-hmm. they, you have weird people, but most of them are, are really, really nice Okay, that's that's cool. All right, well, that's awesome. All right, well... (laughs) But to answer your question, yes. Yes, we have a lot of fuck-ups that that come into the office. And you deal with only Japanese people or Western or both? To be honest, like, in Japan, most Japanese companies are paying your firm to find you other Japanese people. Really? Yeah. But you're not Japanese and you're not speaking Japanese. No, I don't. Because most people that I work with have to speak English. So I qualify them in English. I can speak to them in Japanese if I want. But um, I choose not to. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Yeah. Keeping it real, I guess. Yeah. Keeping it, keep it in English. <laughs> keeping it in English. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That is insane, dude. All yeah. right. Well, all right. Cool. Like, all right. What if somebody wants to get into headhunting? So, like, mean, there's a lot mm. of people that listen to the podcast that mm. are actually interested in coming to Japan and stuff. Really? What if somebody, yeah. So, what if somebody's like, all right, I don't want to do the English teaching thing. Mm. You know, that's just not for me mm. and stuff. Headhunting sounds kind of cool. Mm. How would somebody, like, apply for a headhunting job or how would somebody get into that? I mean, my recommendation is, uh, man, apply. Apply places. Uh, how many how many headhunting agencies are there? There, there are a dime a dozen, man. There, there are you got big ones, you got small ones, you got boutique firms. I mean, yeah, you just look up headhunting Tokyo, and you'll you'll be able to find a firm. You know, most firms will meet you. Will meet you. Um, if you're overseas and you don't have a working visa in Japan, to be honest, it may be a good idea to do the English teaching gig for a year just to get used to the culture. Because mm-hmm. the business culture in Japan is very, very different. It's an mm-hmm. entire different animal from, from um, other countries. So my recommendation, honestly, would be to do the English teaching just to get in, just to get the visa. And then mm-hmm. once you're here for about a year, mm-hmm. then start applying. Okay, cool. Because, I mean, cool. The companies don't like paying and sponsoring visas from overseas if they don't have to. Mm. You know? All right, all right, interesting. Okay, well, that makes sense. Mm. So basically, if somebody's here, they have a working visa, Mm. they get a job at a headhunting agency, the headhunting Mm. agency will take over the working visa, and then basically you're set. That's it. Oh, wow. Pretty much. Okay, that's pretty cool. And uh, what if somebody doesn't have a working visa? They come here on a tourist visa. Are they SOL or? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, you know. Um, Yeah, most most companies, I mean, it's business, it's headhunting. You have to know the business. You have Uh to build the network in Japan. That means you have to know Japanese culture. Uh You have to know how Japanese people think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's probably a good idea if you're hiring people for positions, Exactly, (laughs) exactly. You know, so most companies will want you to have been in Japan for quite a while. Okay. Not quite a while, but for some time. What are some good starting companies or what are some bad companies? I can't really say company names. Okay, confidential. They yeah. probably know me. <laughs> okay, all right. Cool enough. Um, but I'll, I'll put it this way. There are really good firms and there are very bad firms. It depends on which firm you work for. But even the bad ones, there are people who are extremely successful in them as well. How much can one look to get paid starting off? Uh, it really depends. Probably less than a private English, like a private school English teacher. 
Okay, all right. So basically, teaching English, you can make some you bank. Can make more money. And then you get into the headhunting, yep. and then, you know, if you got a little bit of cash saved up and stuff, then from there, I mean, yep. then you can, like, kind of rely on that until That's you start it. getting clients and whatnot. Exactly. Cool. That's How it. many hours a week are you working, generally? Oh, man. I lose count. I mean, we it's it's a people-based job, right? Uh-huh. People have jobs. They're working. Uh-huh. You know, the, the job starts 9 o'clock, just like any other job. Yeah. Most people can't talk until they get off work. Yeah. So the people that you need to talk to is usually, you know, throughout the day, you can get in contact with some people, but... Most people talk after work from 6 o'clock. So I would say usually I work from 9 o'clock to 7.30 or 8 o'clock every day. Okay, so yeah. basically you're pulling in like what, 11, 12 hours? A day, yeah. All right, weekends? If I have to. If you have if to? If I have to. I don't... I, I do sometimes. It really depends. If there's somebody I really need to get in contact with or if there's an issue that I really need to take care of, I... I come in absolutely oh man all right all right jeez yeah. okay so basically you roughly you're working like let's say just like what 45 hours a week oh, more than that 55 hours a week yeah, 50 i would think i don't know 50 it hours depends. it depends on the week sometimes i get frustrated and uh-huh. six, six o'clock comes and i'm out the door you know what i mean like no clients every, for me yeah every everybody has that with any job you're in you're just like fuck this place i'm out today you know i'm done with this for today and they're every, done that everybody's that you know every mm. job every job has those days you know what i mean yeah, true. You get frustrated, but uh, yeah, it, it depends. Okay, crazy man. All right, cool. And all right, anything else you want to add about your uh, dude? Plug your bands. How can we find your bands? Uh, okay, yeah. Um, there you can right. go to Tristaint. Yeah, Tristaint. Just Facebook. T R I S T A I N T. Uh huh. Or mm-hmm. Um Yeah, usually we put our stuff on Facebook. Dead Lennon's, um, we're, we're, we'll launch a new website. We're doing a photo shoot actually tomorrow. Cool. And we'll, uh, we'll be in the studio recording, um, a new album, uh, in, when is it? In July. Well, they'll be released in July or recording in It'll July? It'll be recorded in July. And then we'll be launching you know, a new website. We, we, we have one already, but, um, we actually took it down because it's kind of old, but, um, mm. we'll have a new website, a new album, and we're recording with a, a famous engineer who did, I don't know, do you know the band Maximum Zahodemon? Oh, uh, is that the guy that's the record, he records for a lot of bands and stuff, he's in Shindaita? I bel- I'm not sure exactly where he lives, but no, he, with he the goes studios around. in Shindite. Oh, he's he actually... goes around oh, in many okay. different studios, yeah. And he's recorded a lot of really famous artists. So oh, okay, cool. So really, really excited to work with him. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. How can people get your CD from there? Um, we, we just post it online for free. Post it online for, for free? free? Yeah, just go How much does it to cost to record like a CD out here? A lot, a lot. I would say we're getting a bit of a discount on ours just through connections, but I would say for a full length... Yeah. At minimum, I mean, for like a CD, CD, like a really well engineered uh-huh. CD, um, I'd say at minimum, maybe $1,500. Oh, shit. Wow. Say. Are you guys going to sell that on like iTunes? Nope. Just just give it away. It's all for free. Just give it away. So, yeah. I mean, what do you guys like? I mean, there's four people in the band. Do you mm-hmm. guys divide that up like like maybe like 300 bucks each? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we just split it up. Or 350 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right we just split it up. We don't really plan on making money mm-hmm. for it. I mean, nowadays, I mean... When we were kids, you know, we would buy CDs and, yeah. you know, oh, shit, make money yeah. off CDs. Yeah. That's all I used to do. Remember those big black binders that you had just full of CDs? Dude, I think I'm a little older than you, man. I remember cassette tapes. Cassette tapes? Yeah, Damn. dude. Dude, fucking, I remember when I got my first car when I was 16 and shit, dude. It had a cassette tape player tape and shit, tape, right? right? Right. And then fucking, I was jealous because my friend had this this cassette tape thing that had an adapter that plugged into a CD player, right? Like I a portable remember CD. those kind of sort of. So he'd have a CD player, and you put in a CD, then you uh. plug that into his uh, this cassette thing, and you pl- put that into this cassette yeah, yeah, player. Yeah, 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 we listen yeah, yeah, to yeah. CDs, and we're like, oh this shit, is this insane, is great. Technology is right? awesome, and now now I'm just like, oh fuck, yeah. dude. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I guess you can guess how old I am, huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Late fifties, right? No, just uh, close. Um, I feel it. <laughs> Yeah, I remember those vaguely. I was I was right on the right on the back end of that era. Oh up. shit! I was I was the disc man. Disc know, man riding your bike with the disc man, trying not to shake it, otherwise it would skip. Remember those days? Oh yeah, I remember yeah, having yeah. in your backpack and shit, and you're on a crowded bus or train or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it skips. It's like you're like, this is techno. Yeah. Oh man, could be dubstep, but yeah, that was insane, man. That was completely insane. Wow. 
So, wow, back in the day. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. So, okay, cool. And so basically just mm. Google your bands. People can get in touch Google, with you that yeah, way. Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we, we like I said, everything's for free. We do it because we love it. We do mm. it because we don't want to make money. Uh-huh. And even if we wanted to make money, I mean, nowadays in the music industry, it's mm. very difficult. Cool, cool, cool. Anyway, All right, so. awesome, awesome. Uh, on another note, how did you mm. wind up coming to Japan, by the way, from Chicago? Chicago's a pretty hot city. Yeah, no, Chicago's a great city. Great culture, great people, but um, mm-hmm. I was, when I was 21, my father was working in Japan for maybe about six months, seven, yeah. eight months, and, uh, you know, in America, when you turn 21, that's like the big birthday, right? Yeah, hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a man, I'm a man. man now. <laughs> but then, like, nowadays, when you go to bars, you see 21-year-olds, they're like, man, they look like kids. They do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no, trust me, I do know they look like yeah, kids. Really I get in there, I'm like, is this like guys, a high school party? These guys can drink, Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I turned 21. My dad, that, that was my birthday. My twenty-one, my 21st birthday present was a ticket to Japan. Because I was, I was always into Japanese anime and... Um, For example? Uh, Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Chicken Oh Blue. shit, Cowboy like, Bebop. I love, okay. I love all that. But um, um, yeah, so he bought me a ticket here. Came here for 10 days. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Went back, finished college, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go teach English for one year mm-hmm. in Japan. Mm-hmm. Just one year. And then come mm-hmm. back. And that was seven years ago. Wait, wait, you came here when you're 21, you decided... No, I came here right after college, I must have been 23. 23. And then, oh, so 23, you said, okay, I'm going to be here for one year, yeah. then I'm going to go... Dude, I was on the yeah. six-month plan. <laughs> six months, really? Yeah, well, dude, I didn't know what I was going to do, man, fucking... I, I, had, I had to get out of fucking Frisco and shit, I had oh, a suitcase man. of clothes and a suit, and I had another suitcase of, like, records and shit. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. If you look around, you can see I used to be a DJ. Oh, I can see so, that. Yeah, oh. so... I had one box of records. I had 200 records and shit. Mm. And I had a box of clothes. Mm. And so I came to Japan and stuff. And I remember my first time coming here and shit, like, mm. with all my stuff, right? Mm. Well, my only time coming here with all my stuff. And I remember going to, like, the immigration section. The yeah. guy's like, all right, can I open your bags? I'm like, yeah, sure. He Go opens up the bags. Business suit, tons of clothes, degree. And then, like, <laughs> like a box of records. He goes, so you're on vacation? I go, yeah. He goes, why do you have the records? And I'm like, I love to listen to music. And he's like not business I'm like nope and he's like there you go oh man now how long ago was that uh 2002 yeah well, how many years is it for you here uh, okay uh yeah so 16 15 four, 13 14 years I guess man, don't you get tired of it ever uh yeah you know I've got a love hate relationship with Japan sometimes mm. I love it and sometimes mm. it drives me crazy you know mm. it's just like any city it's like right. any country once you live here for long enough you're just mm. like you know it could be anywhere it could be like New York it could be Vegas it could be uh, Brooklyn it could be Paris right. I'm sure if you talk to somebody from Paris they're like man this is the most romantic co- city blah yeah, blah blah yeah, blah yeah, yeah. like it's okay yeah. <laughs> you know so love, yeah I mean but I've been here for a while it's great though I love Tokyo. I'm on the same page, man. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I'm like, you ever have those moments where you wake up and you're like, what the hell am I doing here? You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I, I call here? that Monday. Yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> what am I doing am with I doing my here? life? Like, sitting there in the office, like, oh man, oh, how dude. did I get here? <laughs> how far? How far are you just uh, detached from like your your from American culture mm. or Western culture? Like fucking, I just saw like um, cracked, right? Cracked. Mm. Uh, it's this website or whatever. Oh, I know cracked very well. Yeah, and the, their YouTube videos. Mm. And they're talking about celebrities and shit. I'm mm. like, I don't know any of these fucking celebrities. It's crazy, isn't it? Who, who are these it's guys? Crazy. You go back and you're just like, uh, the, 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 not even celebrities, like music uh-huh. in general. All these bands coming out. Like I was listening to this band called Twenty One Pilots that I just heard and they're freaking amazing and it's like they the already broke up right that, what yeah <laughs> for, for all i know right no i went back i went back to the states and i heard it on the radio and i'm like man this is good music mm-hmm. you know and i never would have known about them mm-hmm. had i have not been on vacation in america at that time and no i can't stop listening to them you know you're just so out of touch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're out of touch you know? <laughs> Well, at least we're, we got the internet. It's not like we come back and we're like, sure. Cherry Coke? What yeah. the f- <laughs> Who invented this? <laughs> Cherries and Coke? What? Wow, what a combination. And now it's diet? It's like, it's like who, who thought of this? Somebody like dropped a bunch of cherries into Coke. Somehow I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll drink it anyway. <laughs> Can't kill me, can it? <laughs> right? I really want those cherries. So I'm just going to drink this Coke until I get to the cherries. And oh my God, this is delicious. You know, I do need some vitamin C. I know, right? <laughs> oh man, that's insane, dude. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, I'm pretty detached and stuff. I, I went back to Frisco, uh, mm. what was that, about a year and a half ago or so? Okay. And everything was different. Like, I mean, Frisco, when I lived there, it mm. was a city for, like, artists, mm. poets, comedians. Sure. 
there's a lot of crime. Mm. It, it was like it was like a tough city in, in places. But I went mm. back recently, and it's like very expensive. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dude, sure. It's insane. I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, man, but isn't it nice going back, though? I mean, like, as a foreigner in Japan, you, know, yeah. you do your best to adapt to a culture. Not just in Japan, but if you're a foreigner in any country where you're kind of like an outsider, it takes a while to adjust, you know, uh, mm. to, to, to that culture. But sometimes mm. it's just so nice going back. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, how can I say it? It's like relaxing. It's, it's like refreshing. Oh, yeah. You know no, no, I mean? no. I, I love going back. I'm, I love traveling. You know, I just love, like, going to do places or going back and stuff. That, that's always great, you mm. know. You know, I... I'm most comfortable when I'm moving, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. So, geez, man. So, what do you think? You're gonna be here forever? I mean, you got two bands. You got a. I mean, wait. You've been working in a career that has a burnout rate of five years, and you've been here for seven years. That's 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 the that's the average. That's the average. Some people, I I know people who've been doing it for much longer than that. Yeah. You know, it it takes very very thick skin. Um, Some people take breaks, man. Mm. Some people take a break from it. They'll 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 do headhunting for five, six, seven years, and they're like, okay. Just I'm gonna take a year off, mm-hmm. do something else. Might like go back to like English teaching, go into finance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or go to their respective industry, or they can go in house, mm-hmm. like work an actual HR job. Mm-hmm. You know, like hiring people for an actual company instead of being outsourced. But um, but yeah, I've known people who have taken breaks and come back to it. Mm-hmm. And some sometimes you gotta do that. Not just not just with 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 this industry, but any job. Mm-hmm. You know, you do something for so long, it's just like. Okay, I'm kind of done with this for now, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna take a break, and then I'll see you guys in a year, and you come back. People do that all the time. Do you all lose all your clients? Um, people remember who you are. I mean, the only way that I would lose a client is if my contact at that client would have moved on during. So pretty much you're set. Yeah, I mean it's it's networking. Mm. People know people. You'd be surprised with how big a t- Tokyo is, mm-hmm. how small it is at the same time. Yeah, everybody knows everybody. You know what I mean? Jeez, yeah, tell me about it's it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Awesome, man. All right, yeah. cool. Well, you're going to be here for the long haul, right? Yep, yep. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I know I've been saying, like, headhunting is really, really challenging, but I, I love every moment of it. Wait, what, really what's that thing that you love the most? Uh, for don't me, say the money. Yeah, I know. Other, other, <laughs> I fucking other, love the money. Other than just, you know, being a baller with a lot of cash. I'm just kidding. But um, I would say, man, like, helping somebody who doesn't have options, who's in a difficult situation, mm-hmm. who needs a job. All right, and cool. you have that job for that person. And you're like, hey, man, I understand your situation. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really sorry that this is happening to you. Let mm-hmm. me help you. Let me help you. And then you find a job for that person. Oh, well, you're like the gatekeeper. Yeah, kind of. It's like stars, uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then, you know, I've, I've, every person that I've helped find a job, I've, I've kept a personal relationship with since. You know what I mean? And just the fact that I can improve somebody's life makes all of the other bullshit worth it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, Tom, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, dude, thank you so much for being mm-hmm. on the show, man. All right, cool. Dude, Absolutely. Thanks. thanks for having me. All right. Cheers. Yeah. All right, faders, you know what to do? Go to iTunes, give us a five-star review. Uh, yeah. Um, if you're interested in buying some merch, come on down to, uh, I guess, to uh, Red Tube. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. joking. Red Bubble. Go to Red Bubble or Google uh, Got Fitted Japan, Red Bubble and stuff. We got t-shirts. We got all sorts of merch there and stuff. And uh, yeah, check out our sponsors. We got Asagaya and Mitsuya located in Asagaya in Tokyo. If you're in Tokyo, come on down and check them out. There's uh, a lot of news and a lot of like uh, music events that are happening in both places and stuff. And uh, cool. And if I'm there... Buy me a beer. All right, faders, thank you so much for tuning in, and see you next time. Peace. Well, brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. Well, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse, and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! You sure I should do this, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Oh, man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Eh, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.